Well, as Paul said, over the past few weeks, we've been looking at our vision statement here at, uh, uh, at church. And so we're at DPC, we're growing followers of Christ Jesus. That's what we're on about. So over the past few weeks, what have we seen about what that means? So quick summary. Uh, three weeks ago, we looked at growing ourselves as followers of Jesus. So we thought about personally putting to death our old sinful self and instead becoming more and more like Jesus. Two weeks ago, we looked at growing one another as followers of Jesus, helping each other to be more like Christ by speaking his truth into our lives in love. Last week, we looked at growing more followers of Jesus, so helping the people around us who don't yet know Christ, that they would turn to him as, as their Lord and Saviour. So what's left for us today? If we've covered ourselves, one another, and those who aren't yet following Christ, what's left? Well, what's left is to listen to Jesus speak to our hearts, to hear Jesus' words on why we'd give ourselves to growing followers of him. Because according to Jesus, following him is the only right way to live, and so growing followers of Jesus, well, that is to consume us. Uh, We started this series four weeks ago in Mark chapter 8, where we looked at who Jesus is that we would follow him. This morning, we're going back to that chapter, picking it up where we left off. Uh, Hopefully, you can remember that in verse 30, Jesus has just admitted that he is the Christ. And as the Christ, God's king, he has actually come to die to save people from their sin. This morning, we're picking it up in verse 34, and here we'll see that according to Jesus, just as he has to die, anyone who follows him will have to die as well. Because following Christ means losing your life. Verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. To deny yourself is to simply stop living for yourself. It's you saying no to you. It's denying yourself what you want. And Jesus has got in mind here more than just, you know, only having three pieces of chocolate when you really want four. Uh, He's talking about giving up any control of your life. He's talking about you having no say in what you'll do with your life. It's denying yourself. And if saying you'll have to deny yourself wasn't clear enough, Jesus then adds that following him will mean taking up your cross. Uh, In Jesus' day, to take up your cross, well, that was to be a dead man walking. The people that took up their cross were the people who had been condemned to die by crucifixion. You literally took up your own cross, you carried it out to your place of execution, you then lay it down so that you could be nailed to it to die. If you took up your cross, you were about to die. You were alive, but you were as good as dead. And according to Jesus, that's what it means to follow him. You need to take up your cross. You're alive, sure, but you're as good as dead in the sense that you have no life of your own. You've surrendered all control. Your hands are completely off the reins. You have given up all so-called rights to your life. You've abandoned any sense of having a say in your life because you've lost your life. 
And so you're not following your desires. In fact, you've gathered up all your ambitions and tossed them out the window. You've ripped up all your life goals. You've set fire to your dreams. You've hit the reset button. You've given Christ a blank sheet of paper and he is now setting the agenda of your life because you are denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus. And why have we done this? Why would we be so committed, so devoted, so sacrificial in order to give up our lives and live for Jesus? Why would we do that? Well, Jesus tells us why we've done it. And it's because if you save your life, if you keep your life for yourself, Jesus says, in the end, you won't save your life, you'll lose it. Saving your life means losing your life. Look at verse 34 again. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for or because, you see, here come the reasons why you'll deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus. Verse 35, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Saving your life means losing your life. In other words, if you save your life for yourself, where you're in charge of you, if you refuse to acknowledge Jesus as your King and Lord, you're unwilling to give up your life for him and instead you're saving your life for yourself, then Jesus says in the end you will lose your life. And he wants us to be crystal clear about this because he then repeats himself not once, but twice. First one's in verse 36. Verse 36, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? If you save your life for yourself, and in the process, you actually gain the whole world. You know, you're running every company. You're the leader of every nation. You're the controller of every economy. You you amass so much wealth that you make Bill Gates look like a pauper. Jesus says, what good would it be to gain the whole world if in the end you forfeit your soul? If in the end you lose your life? Or again in verse 37, verse 37, or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus is asking, what's out there that's worth more than life itself? The answer is nothing. To save your life for yourself, no matter what you can gain, only to lose your life in the end, it's crazy. It's foolish. But why is it so foolish? What's so terrible about losing your life? What does Jesus actually mean when he says that whoever wants to save their life will lose it because clearly it's bad to lose your life and just how bad Jesus spells out a little in verse 38 because it's not just to die it's much worse than that losing your life in these verses is to face Christ's judgment for those who refuse to acknowledge Christ now they will one day have to answer to Christ himself Look at verse 38. Jesus says, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him 
when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Jesus will come again. And he won't come in weakness. He'll come in power. He'll come in the Father's glory. He'll come in majesty and splendor and unquestionable authority. He'll come armed with the holy angels. And when he comes, all those who refuse to acknowledge him in this life, he'll refuse to acknowledge them when he comes. For those people who in this life, you know, they save their lives for themselves. For a few decades of pleasure, they got to own their own homes go on their overseas trips and buy their second cars, earn their degrees, make their money, buy their endless stream of stuff. They'll have lived the great Australian dream and they'll have enjoyed it for a few short years, followed their heart's desires as best they could and then at the end, they'll face the Lord Jesus and lose their lives under his terrifying eternal judgment. Now, none of us want that. And thankfully, Jesus does say briefly that there is another option. It's back up in verse 35. Have a look at it there. Verse 35, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. All those who give up control of their lives, denying themselves and taking up their cross to follow Jesus, Christ's promise is that all who lose their lives for him, they will save it. When Christ comes again, he'll give them eternal life because he has already died for them to forgive them of all their sins. Christ's followers are the people who recognise that Christ alone can save because Christ alone is Lord and Christ will give to his followers eternal life. Jesus is drawing a line in the sand here, isn't he? That there really, truly, there really are only two ways to live, either for Christ or for yourself. And whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for Jesus will save it. Now, that's what we want, isn't it? We want to lose our lives for Jesus. That's who we want to be, what we want to do. So what does it look like? What would losing our lives for Jesus mean for us in our day-to-day lives? Well, it's exactly the sorts of things we've been thinking about over the past four weeks. It's growing ourselves as Christ follows by tirelessly putting to death our old sinful habits and striving to grow more and more like Jesus. It's growing one another as his followers by making the time to to be with one another, to speak his truth in love to one another. It's facing our fears and speaking to those who don't yet know Jesus to tell them that he really is the Lord because we are the people who are losing our lives for Jesus. This is why we're rescheduling what we do in our weeks. It's why we're giving up on some of our favourite pastimes. It's why we're taking a risk and talking to that friend or colleague about Christ. It's why we're asking someone to hold us accountable with a persistent sin in our lives. It's why we're committing to a growth group. It's why we're making those phone calls to encourage one another. It's why we're resurrecting Bible reading with the kids 
It's why we're spending time to get to know our neighbours. It's why we're inviting people into our homes to share life and Jesus with them because we are the people who say no to ourselves. We're denying ourselves and we're living for Jesus. Taking up our cross, losing our lives for Christ. We're growing followers of Christ Jesus for his sake, his glory, his honour, for him. Can you get a feel, a little sense of what Christ is calling us to here? He is pulling back the curtain on reality. He is letting us know that life is so much bigger than just us in our own little worlds. He is bringing us in on the greatest truth of all, that he is the Lord of all. And he holds the keys to eternal life, that he is what life is all about. And so he calls on us to join him and to truly live by dying and losing our lives for him. Now, does this kind of commitment and zeal sound foreign to you? Is this sounding, you know, just a a little bit too keen? Or is this sounding exciting, but you know it's not you? You wish it was, but you feel kind of stuck in a rut. You know, just going through the motions of following Jesus. There's nothing really radical about you. You're just doing the same old, same old. Not, not really losing your life for Christ. It's more like maintaining the status quo in your life for Christ. Why is that? What's holding us back? What's holding you back? What's going on in our hearts that we hesitate and give a little but not a lot? What are we afraid of? What are we scared will happen if we go all in for Jesus? Why don't we give our all? It's worth examining our hearts at this point. There could be any number of reasons why you hesitate when it comes to your commitment to Christ. Perhaps the lies of the world have slowly seeped their way into your heart. You know the lie that life is actually really about you. You know, be true to yourself. That's the most important thing. And be happy and safe and secure. These things, they are really prized in our culture and maybe they've gone some way to winning your heart. And with the earning power that many of us have, we can easily soak up much of what the world has to offer us. And that life, that wealthy, prosperous, happy, entertained life, it's tempting. It looks nice. And to deny myself these things, to follow Jesus, maybe there's a few things you're unwilling to give up. And there's a part of you that's happy to live for the things of this world. Jesus says, deny yourself and lose it all. Say no to the riches of this world. You will miss out on many things if you live this way. And Jesus is saying, lose it all for him. 
Or perhaps the reason you hold back on your commitment to Christ is because you like control. You know, feeling out of control, that, that's unnerving, that's scary. We like to build up walls around our lives, don't we, where we can control as much as we can. We like keeping things as predictable as possible, as safe as possible. We don't like change. As a general rule, we like to keep things as they are, you know, keep things normal. But denying yourself and taking up your cross to follow Jesus, that sounds anything but normal, anything but predictable or stable. It sounds like, it sounds like a life of change and upheaval. And that unsettles you. It doesn't appeal. You want control. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. He calls on you to lose control of your life completely. To trust him with your life, that he is in charge now. He calls on you to lose your life for him. Or maybe a reason why you give a little but not a lot when it comes to following Christ is because it just sounds too hard. And it's a bit much. A life lived, you know, where Jesus is totally in control of you and you've abandoned yourself to him and his gospel, there's no way you could pull that off. And so, yes, you know it's the right thing to do, but you're just like a rabbit trapped in the, you know, in the headlights. You're kind of stuck in your tracks. And you're unable to move because you feel like there's just just no point trying. It's too hard. And if that's you, if you don't feel like you can, Jesus wants you to realise there is no other choice. He knows how hard it is for you right now, but still he calls you to take up your cross and follow him. And if you think it's too hard then you've probably understood better than any of us here what it means to take up your cross and follow Christ. Friends, for you, what is going on in your heart that you're holding back in your following of Christ? Because whatever it is that you're telling yourself or whatever words from the world that have settled their way into your heart, God's word to us is this, His son is worth it. He is the Christ. The Lord Jesus can and does forgive people of all their sin. He will one day judge the living and the dead. He will come again and give eternal life to his followers. Whoever loses their life for Christ, they will save it. Friends, do you believe that Jesus Christ is worth losing your life for? Because if what we're reading here today is true, the only thing that makes sense in this life is to lose your life, to live in the here and now for his sake, his glory, to be a growing follower of Jesus. You know it's right. And so let's make a move in the right direction. Talk is cheap here. Let's follow God's lead and go where he is telling us to go. And so here is my suggestion for you. Set a goal. A realistic goal to lose more of yourself to follow Christ and to grow other followers of Christ. Because all this talk of grand lives of, you know, lives lived in complete devotion to Christ, it can be inspiring, but what will change tomorrow? 
Because losing our life for Christ, it is hundreds of little decisions that we make. Losing our lives for Jesus, it's done bit by bit, day by day, over and over. Losing our lives for Christ, it's not just one dramatic moment. It's a life lost. And so to take a step in that direction, to help you to lose more of your life for Christ, set a goal. Today. Now. Set a goal. For me, it's going to be a personal godliness goal of spending more time in prayer. I need to deny my independent, self-sufficient attitude and instead I need to rely on God. And so my goal is to spend some time each day in prayer, no matter how short, but each day to pray. Maybe for you it's wrestling with a particular sin. And so your goal could be in the next seven days... Ask someone you trust to hold you accountable. Or maybe you're not sure how to speak to people about Jesus. And so your goal is to join a growth group to do the evangelism training. Or perhaps you don't know many people here at church and you want to be better at helping us to grow as followers of Christ. And so your goal is in the next month, you'll invite people into your home, the same people into your home twice so that you can get to know them better and encourage them in Christ. Maybe you need to deny yourself more of the money you make. So in the next month, your goal is to research a faithful gospel ministry that you can support and then give them a substantial amount of money. But whatever you do, set yourself a goal. Commit yourself to following Christ. Commit yourself to losing your life for Jesus in some tangible way. Make that commitment because you believe in Jesus. You believe that he is worth it, that he is the Christ, that he is coming again, and that he is so good, so rewarding, so satisfying that you will willingly lose your life for him because whoever wants to save his life, they'll lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel, Jesus says, well, they will save it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, by the words of your Son and by the power of your Spirit, please stir within us a commitment to your son that we would gladly lose our lives for him in every way, small or big and in between, that we might devote ourselves to your son, to live for him. Father, please keep us from just hearing or talking, but Father, may we be the people who are growing as the followers of your son. And we ask this for his sake and in his name. Amen.